Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast of the science and the screaming to unequivocally figure out what the best movie is of any given year. This season, we've been digging into 1975, and today, it all ends. And by that, I mean this is part one Begins of to a two-part <laughs> finale. Too big of a year to do just in one episode. I'm yeah. your host, Mark Gravano. That first voice you've heard, I believe, he's been my best friend on and off throughout the season. On and off, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I won about half of them. I think we kind of alternate. So I'm, but I'm not currently best friend because I did lose last week. Yes, which means you will not be my best friend again. Oh yeah, it's tough when, so you, long. when you lose it on the turn. Like, is it true that every time I won, the next week you would then let Greg win just no. so it was even? I would. Never did you do tell that. me? That? I think we both naturally assumed that was what was. I happening. think you told me. No, that. I would okay. never do that. I think you Instagram messaged me that. I'm not on that, so I don't know how I would. Well, man, let me tell you, you're missing nothing. <laughs> That is Greg who thinks there's <laughs> nothing worthwhile Instagram. Oh, no. Hit him up at your pop filter. Are people going to yell at me for that? <laughs> is that something you're not allowed to say? And this is Ryan, who is a big lover of Instagram. I love Facebook. I love the news. Big Facebook guy. Yeah. yeah. That's how I get in contact with my family's thoughts about the news. Mm-hmm. Is that where you get your horse pace, Ryan? That's where I get uh, my horse pace. It's apple flavored, Ryan. There's a picture of a horse on the box. Well, horses do notoriously love apples. That's yeah. true. Man, a horse will do anything for an apple. Oh, no, I know. I've made him. Brother, can I ride around on your back a little bit? You got an apple? Yeah. All right. Hop on up. (laughs) Get up on here. If you don't, nay. Boom. All right. That's why Ryan's my best friend, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) This is an unpointed... No. This is a pointless episode. Uh, where we will be going and finally ranking these movies against each other. I'm nervous. Like, my hands are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. I just... We have spent four or five years digging into 1975. Yeah, we brought in like every person we knew <laughs> and made them watch a movie, even if it was really uncomfortable, from 75, and then talk to us about it. Um, that's every movie from 1975. Yeah, there's not one that I would watch any movie yeah. from the year that I would just sit down with my mom and watch. There was like not a single movie where you're like, oh, the Cringe Award. What's gonna win Cringe? <laughs> it was like. Wait, since the major plot point of this movie is cringe, mm-hmm. is that going to be a weird one? Because we'll have that, talked about it the entire show before then. One of the hardest ones was Sallow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it cringed the movie. I, I, I guess the part where they hugged each other and were friends because... <laughs> I don't know if you listened to that episode, Greg, but I think my cringe was how not affected Mike was by the movie. Yeah. Like, just, that was weird. Yeah. He was like, uh, I don't see what the big deal is. They're just eating shit and raping each other. <laughs> uh, we call that Thanksgiving at the Gravano household. Look... By eating shit, I mean they were skateboarding and fell down. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. They're like, my name's Johnny Knoxville, and this is Sallow. <laughs> if if the director of that movie thought that you weren't cringing at a part, he would like, wouldn't he just come in and be like, Can I'm going to make him fucking cringe? Yeah. And gouge something out. Yeah. The, the, the end tongue cutting is what finally made me go, oh, that's what my thing is. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be against that. Like, Buddy, find someone else to bother. But today, we're not just talking about Sallow and cringes. We're, we're talking about... The best sex, best actors and actresses, uh, other awards, best duos, mm-hmm. romances maybe, and then some fights that matter. And uh, I know none of us want to do it, but we're going to take a break and we'll come back. We're going to just knock one of the best movies in this bracket out. Taste Buds, our first battle of the evening. Ty, I don't want to do it. Nope. It is, is it a look at small town America and small minds of Jaws on Amity Island, or is it a look at small town American sexuality and shampoo? I want to point out, Mike, 
Jaws was never on the island. That would have been a very different movie. Just yeah, you just like, run oh. over and just kick the shit out of him. <laughs> Fuck you, Jaws. Yeah, they did show what would happen to him if he was on the island with the first shark they caught. Yeah. And they slit his little belly open. Yeah, dude, all the town comes over and just like, we hate you, shark. You're weak. By the way, Jaws, the, like, the women's hat and dress that you put on just to go shopping on the island, that did not work. Like, we <laughs> all saw that you were a giant but shark. But I just want Jaws to be happy. You know, yeah. ultimately, I think, like, I just watched the movie It. I just want Pennywise, maybe if he were happy, yeah. he wouldn't be terrorizing people. Maybe the same thing about Jaws. But I think we should talk about Shampoo. Do you? Definitely an iconic 75 movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely a movie that engenders or, or has the energy of 75 suffusing it, right? Yes. The sex, the... Not so much drugs, the hair. Yeah. The sex, the hair. The sex and the hair. But is Jaws the sheer scope of it? Almost bigger than movies themselves yeah. it changed movies right right and then and then for th- the worse and, but and, and then run up to the average person on the street and say like what do you think about shampoo and some will scream conditioner is better yeah yeah and others will be like probably white people will be like oh i don't use it or have yeah. my children use it uh what the fuck <laughs> is that true white apparently according to the, the internet white people are disgusting mostly jake gyllenhaal you know, it's like white celebs the, oh the ones who are like why when, when we stink yeah, there was like a week where like different Every celebrity would come like, forward and be like, oh, I also have never bathed. Yeah, Kutch is like, well, I whore bath my pits and crotch and yeah. we're fine. Yeah. So weird. But I, like, most of the time I shower twice a day. What is the imprint on culture at large of right. shampoo versus Jaws? Jaws? I mean, it's the best part of the Universal Studios experience is when you go and see Jaws, right? I think Before I mean, Fast and Furious I was going to say, out, have yeah. you been on the new <laughs> Fast? Yeah. it's. it's oh, different. there's a car parked here. I'm going to call this in. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. In the Desperate Housewives neighborhood, by the way. You know all those Karens were complaining about that car being there. I think there was a person of color in our neighborhood. Uh, shampoo is probably in a lot of ways above our head in that it was talking about 1968. Because that's where you use it? In a very 1975 <laughs> yeah. way. Um, Greg. That, uh, I think that you had to be there. I read a lot about how impactful it was at the time, mm-hmm. but... Still watching the movie, it was lost on me, you know? Yeah. Well, and it, 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 it was a phenomenal movie. So glad I watched it. I would watch it again. I think it's fucking awesome. Everybody should check it out. But again, if what we're doing is, is the impact we're talking about. Which is one of the factors, right? It could right. be such, it could be like far and away such a better movie, such a better experience that the footprint thing gets like sort of pushed to the side a little mm-hmm. bit. But all, then also in the case of Jaws versus Shampoo, it's a better experience. It's more fun. You know, I, I, I just, yeah. it's like it, it, more energizing. And if we're talking about Universal Studios, the shampoo part where you're walked in on by your lover's lover. Yeah. That, it's, and I, then I maybe like you it. throw a little like stereotypical gay twang in your voice and the rest of the movie, everyone's like, what happened there? It's an unsettling part yeah. of the ride. What Warren Beatty did though, like I, the more I think about his performance, the more kind of into it. Oh, I, I think that because we had just seen it, right? Yeah. And a lot of us for the first time, we didn't give that performance credit mm-hmm. because it wasn't big. It wasn't for your consideration as we would expect from an actor that we've heard of in a movie this heralded. Yeah. But for him to his most low key role that he's ever done and stick to it and not be like, uh, I don't know, director. And he was basically the director anyway. Right. But I, I think that I need those big moments for him to stick to it for the entire movie. I think it's very impressive and very funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny. I mean, ultimately, in the end, it's like 
because it's like, does, does the dude have brain damage? <laughs> or like, he is like the ultra himbo. Yeah. And it seems like the way he's trying to hide it is just don't say anything. Yeah. A <laughs> lot of people should watch this and learn those lessons. <laughs> like, just go through the world making smoldering blue steel faces. Both movies are about how if you're not moving forward, you're dying. For sure. Whoa. <laughs> what was going on in 1975? Nixon. Nixon, right? right? Sharks. <laughs> Nixon and Sharks. Just Those are the two out. gang names. Uh, I mean, are we ready to vote? I think so. I mean, for me, this is like, this is a slam dunk. This is a, absolutely a slam dunk. I'm me. not guaranteeing that Jaws wins this whole thing. Yeah. But in the first round, Shampoo came up against an absolute buzzsaw, Mike. Yeah. I, I'm not telling the editor what to do, but at least for this one, I think the Jaws theme should be getting louder and louder <laughs> while we're talking. Uh, I do legally... Have to, to actually say. ask. Greg, your vote. Jaws. Ryan, your vote. I'm going to go with Jaws. Mike, your vote. It's Jaws. Jaws takes this battle down. We're going to take the quickest of breaks and we come back. Do something else. As I previously said, we are not here just to make movies fight. We're also here to make people fight. <laughs> Starting off with the Best Supporting Actress Award. Ryan, who are our nominees? Your first nominee for Best Supporting Actress is from Nashville. Get used to hearing that for the acting categories. Uh, it's Ronnie Blakely, who played Barbara Jean. She had a couple of major scenes. Uh, she's the one who passes out in the beginning. Uh, sort of like a lot of the impetus for the She's action. like the, the big star. The big star. Yeah. So we also see her little meltdown in her hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When somebody else takes her spot and then her absolute meltdown on stage. Yeah, wait. She starts the song like over and over, and watch. Uh, she wants to talk. Like nobody yeah. ever freaking listens to her, and so yeah, like she she does like this big long rambling preamble, and uh-huh. then they keep trying to go into the song, and she's like, "No, no. honestly, I have more to say." <laughs> and that like that is a tough scene to do if you think about it, because she really is backed by a full band yeah. there, and they have that movie is swimming with extras, mm-hmm. like maybe the most extras I've ever seen in a movie, and they're all in the audience. And she really carries it. Like she has a vulnerability in that bigness of that scene that really carries it. It also that scene also has a lot of what we call today "shut up and dribble," uh-huh. where we like you for your entertainment skills right. or your athletic skills, but if you have anything to say, we need you to shut the fuck up. Yeah, and she was, just wants to say like the barest things about herself. She's not trying to deliver some like political message, right? She just, I might die, so I'm going to get is some who stuff I am. off my yeah. chest. Uh, and yeah, really prescient in the we don't treat our pop stars well <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and then she's like a she's like a prisoner yeah free you know Brittany, free yeah Barbara Jean. free bj free bj if anybody's interested uh your next nominee is from barry linden it's marissa berenson who plays lady linden lady linden very reserved performance for yes. most of it i the i will always think of her as that uh, like that opening shot of her and barry right after they've been married and she clearly doesn't want him smoking his pipe but Mm -hmm. she's like she wants to subtly indicate please don't do that and then his just absolute i don't give a shit but her like coy sort of realize that i don't want you to do this Mm -hmm. is i I think a very good performance oh yeah she injects so much subtlety and nuance in like what is it 17 minutes when we see her before she starts talking and she is she has to exude like there's a reason somebody would fall in love with me instantly look at me walk through this park uh Am I in love with this old rich guy? Who knows? Like, yeah, she's she's great. Next nominee is from Shampoo, the already fallen Shampoo. It's Goldie Hawn. 
Yeah, she had the most like new like the most to do in this. Mm-hmm. I felt like, which is like you could see her wanting everything to work out, and then also realizing that she's just lying to herself. And you see that across her face in all of her scenes. It's a really interesting character because it's bigger than a lot of the characters, mm-hmm. and it's played for more laughs. Right. And Goldie Hawn is like the more famous comedic actress at the time, but. It's still, it never approaches like dumb or ditzy. No. And it's just like, you know what? I'm going to be the only person in this movie who puts my heart on my sleeve a little bit. And yeah. she gets kicked for it. And what, what, are, what are Goldie's like big roles? Like she was in the Troop of Beverly Hills, right? Overboard? Overboard. Overboard. That was Shelley Long. Oh, my bad. Uh, but I feel like she's just a person I know of. And then I was shocked how great she was. Mm. Because she's just been a celebrity for so long that I was yeah. like, oh, oh, and you can act your balls off. I think she's been in uh, like some maybe dumber comedies. Like mm. Overboard's a kind of dumb yeah. comedy. Yeah, and Private Benjamin was right. one. Um, I, and I think what happened is, the reason is because when you came of age, Mike, she turned 40. And so she, she had, had to get shipped, shipped off. Kate Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have riskier and riskier plastic <laughs> surgery until we were just like, okay, you have to leave now. You're a cat lady. <laughs> Next somebody, I think this is no surprise if you listen to our Nashville show. We fucking loved Lily Tomlin. Speaking yeah. of uh, comedic actresses and dramatic roles. And again, not a lot of screen time. But right. she was... Nashville has this way of like, you want more of, of people's stories. And they yes. really imprint. I really wanted more of her story, though. Like, I wanted the movie to be about mm-hmm. her because she was such an interesting, compelling character. Just kind of like... It felt like a lot of times flitting through the background yeah but still kind of owning the scenes a lot of main character energy yeah mm. which Nashville's so good at like you know 24 intersecting main characters basically i'm but, starting to get a pick up on something which is we're done with big the three of us uh-huh. or 1975 which is just done with big performances but lily tomlin is downplaying everything in this movie and she, again she, we we come in knowing she's a comedian it's just so right. unexpected I wonder if that was part of why she was like, oh, I'm going to do this small because everybody expected her to be Ace Ventura, like just big and chewing all the scenery. And I think, Ryan, you're right. I, 75 is the nitty gritty, including the performances, mm. right? And so we don't want these like big speeches and stuff. We want somebody who is kind of hiding what they're really feeling. And we can see both what they're really feeling and that they're hiding, attempting it. to hide it. Yeah. And it, it helps that her character is has like a secret lover uh-huh. and is like not let, trying to let him know or herself know how into him she is. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. We're also, she also leaves us guessing as to what's going on and yeah. how good is she. Uh, turns out it's not her smallest performance. She started in the incredible shrinking. Oh, Ryan, Ryan, save it for the point. My friend, <laughs> your final nominee for best morning actress is Jennifer Warren from night moves. She played. Oh, Paula. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going back to the, if you listen to that episode, this is not surprising that she is on this list. If 1975 had a girlfriend, it would be her. <laughs> like, she's just, like, so fun and so... the way might she, kill you. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> the way she commands a scene is different than what you often see from actors. And, again, it's kind of a more nitty-gritty thing. She sort of just hangs out with the camera, mm-hmm. and that really works for this movie. It makes it very real. We also don't get a lot of this type of chemistry in this year yeah. yeah, because it's it's just dirtier you know like we want to be more realistic but i think this relationship like shows between her and gene hackman's character this is more realistic you yeah. know when people click when people have chemistry this is right. what it feels like there was, was nearly a literal arc of electricity between the two of them just the first time they look at each other it's almost surprising we didn't get a string of movies 
starring the two of them. Yeah. Like, like that they didn't become a, a new cinematic power couple. The the scene where they just kept asking each other, you want some of these night moves? That was weird. <laughs> well, hey. That's very artsy, though. 15 that, minutes of that? 15 minutes. Just <laughs> in, getting closer, just l- dead in the eye, leaning in a little more, Do a little more. Do you mean night moves or just night moves? And how they would enunciate or emphasize a different word every time they said it. Night moves. <laughs> it's hard because there's only the two words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want some of these night moves? All right, your nominees are Ronnie Blakely from Nashville. Marissa Berenson from Barry Lyndon, Goldie Hawn from Shampoo, Lily Tomlin from Nashville, and Jennifer Warren from Night Moves. That's we, a great crop. We fell in love with a lot of these girls, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what's about to happen. Respectfully. Respectfully. Respectfully yeah. loving. Yeah. Uh, it's not one of, what's this word the internet says a lot now? It, we're not a weird parasocial relationship. Is that the right word? Yeah, just something like that. All right. The envelope, please. Ooh. Listen to that action on the crinkle. You got a good Foley guy. Dave Foley working overtime. <laughs> oh, there's more. More crinkles, of course. Your best supporting actress of 1975 is Goldie Hawn from Shampoo. Congrats. That's that's surprising to me. Yeah. I, I'm very excited, but... It is surprising. I feel like we didn't go the artsiest, fartsiest way we could have, which is good. I, that impresses me when we do that. I, I'm also I, impressed with us. I believe it, too. Like I, It, it, it rings true to me. Yeah. It, it, Acting is so difficult, and <laughs> I, a lot of times, even when someone's doing it well, you can kind of see, like, oh, yeah, you're doing it well. She really melted into this right. character, and I felt so bad for her and wanted to protect her, and she generates that just all on her own. And I do want to say, too, that, like, this was the last movie of the eight. No, that's not true. It was, like, third to last, but it was close to the end. Um, I don't think that... Ha- I think it has the opposite effect that people might think. Like, I don't think it's a recency bias i think it's actually more impressive that she was able to break down these pillars that we had already put yeah, like Paul, uh, bro, yeah. jennifer warren and lily tomlin on because you know? all we have we have for this a year of sitting I with know, those performances yeah. and thinking about them they only get more titanic yeah all right we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back more battles taste buds i swear eventually one of these battles i will not have to just say who's fighting and the listeners will go well i know who's going to win this is not one of those times. This is Dog Day Afternoon versus Three Days of the Condor. Now, I loved Three Days of the Condor. Yeah, I think that much to Greg's surprise, both of us, and I'm going to use the term again throughout the rest of this segment, thought it was Cracker Jack. It was <laughs> Cracker Jack. Yeah, I guess I, I was so particularly offended by the by his snatching up Faye Dunaway. Um, and I thought that I thought it would be a bigger deal to you. And I think that it, it's not like it's the only movie where something like that happens in it. But I, the only thing I can say about it is I, this is genuinely how I feel about it. Like, I don't like That's it's fair. It's not an affected position or yeah. anything. Um, and I try to just always like gauge my own reaction mm-hmm. to these movies and actually bring that reaction and not what I had hoped I would feel or something like that. I think it's a pretty common practice for movie podcasters, some to do what you're describing that you're not doing, which is, I think I'm supposed to think this, you know, like I think the woke thing to do would be to hate on this because uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, minority group is not represented enough. I think it happens a lot. Um, With 75, I think I just tried to put things in context and move on. And in the context of 75, that was not, I think, an outrageous thing at all. No, and he was a romantic. That was good. that's what is offensive to me, really. It's right. the seventy-five yeah. version of 
club you on the head and drag you back to the cave. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is now just uh, send a girl a dick pic. I, guess. Yeah. I don't know what the kids do. And I realized recently that, that this is probably not an original idea, but the problem is that the 70s embraced sexual like openness mm-hmm. without ever really coming to terms with like consent or equality. Right. Or, but that, it, that's why shampoo is such an important movie yeah. of the ones we've watched is it's one it's the only one we watched that the movie was like y'all are fucked up yeah <laughs> like no de- definitely i mean and i think you see that running through the other ones but i think shampoo probably does show it the best but there are many things the movie does effectively and there are many reasons to be like interested in talking yeah. about the movie i mean the the it really does look ahead to like the, the, the central question of the movie is like, do you think there's going to be a war in the Middle East? Yep. The idea It'll that it'll never could, end, right? Like the idea that that could be an open-ended question in '75. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Or and just Redford's surprise when he finds out the motivation is oil, oil. oil? Like, well, we care Why? about oil. Right, who and even cares? We're watching the first five minutes and we're like, oil. It's oh, it's it's oil. The, oil. the bad oil. guys oil. Can. <laughs> it is going up against Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, and if there were 1975 just like pressed into a movie, mm-hmm. it would be Dog Day Afternoon. I mean, it's we saw this one first, right? And yeah. it, this it is was second. Okay, Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. Oh yeah, the, that's true. Barry Lyndon felt like a like a a weird pause before the season. Exactly. Started. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a period piece and it's so of itself. But I remember going into the Dog Day Afternoon show, and both of you guys were like arms out, running around the room, going like 1975. Yeah. <laughs> here. And uh, yeah, 20 minutes in, I went, oh, the winner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it felt, I, in, here's what's kind of maybe unfair in, in its favor. I felt like it taught me how to look at 1975 movies. Yeah. I really felt like, okay, I get 1975 now from watching this one movie. It's going to be very hard not to have right. that retroactively then be like, I guess that's maybe the movie of the year. See, I watched uh, Shivers first, and so that taught me how to look at 1975 movies. Man, I just listened to that show because I didn't watch that movie and I wasn't on that show, and it sounds like such a freaking upsetting movie. Yeah, It is. Talk, talk about if if uh, the Faye Dunaway yeah. stuff yeah. bothers you in Three Days of Condor. Uh, Shivers thinks alien rape is bad sometimes, but sometimes isn't it super sexual? Yeah. Or at least it's fun to watch. It's, uh, it's and disturbing. It, it feels yeah. like the movie says... Just like asks the question, pedophilia question mark, and it's <laughs> but like, what if the kid starts it? That's, that's all the I'm bit, saying. yeah. Like I mean, it's all like, right, oh my god, I like, <laughs> I never. Wa- and then you guys said stuff about other Cronenberg movies. I was like, okay, remember that name? If you see he directed the movie that you're watching, turn Stay the movie off. away. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'll be one of your guys. No, I don't think he's for <laughs> me. Yeah, uh, but it, I mean, Dog Day Afternoon, maybe the best performance by. Any actor will see soon. Uh, it also gave birth to the premise, I think, of wow. So before modern times, they would cast ugly people yeah. in yeah. the movie instead of Jared Leto, and just put him in an ugly. Oh, suit. you know, if they remake Dog Day Afternoon, Jared Leto will be what if he every pulls, role. Yeah, what if he pulls an Eddie Murphy and just does them all? <laughs> Jared Leto, Jared Leto, and Jared Leto is I, Al Pacino. I can't think of anything that would be more upsetting to the film community. <laughs> And Jared Leto remaking Dog Day Afternoon. What, like, why do you think he keeps occurring? I don't know. I think that what... Uh, well, let me answer it as soon as I say I don't know. I think, that, <laughs> I think that the higher-ups are really slow, like slower than society. Maybe I'm just outside of the bubble, but I think you, you earn this cachet like getting an Oscar, and it buys you 10 years yeah. of shit, and then it doesn't matter. Like, he's already 
signed all these contracts right. for the next 10 years. So, Well, you got a John Houseman towering over who doesn't care what the people want. He's mm-hmm. just going to keep milking it out. John Houseman should have like a little special segment of this podcast. He should, dude. Honestly, yeah. Is it John Houseman, Sidney Pollock, and... Our double ups? And a writer. Who's Robert Town? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah, th- those are our trio of 1975 who are just like, you're going to see me all fucking year, baby. You guys seeing the reviews for Schrader's newest are real... Just real mediocre, like yeah. C plus stuff. Bummer. Yeah, I'm bummed about that. He's like, I mean, I I feel like he's so important to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first reform blew us away, but I think that that's it. It's sort of like Malik after Tree of Life. Like the last one was so great. Yeah, that I I bet it's really good. It's just not. It's Oscar not what Oscar it was. Isaacs, you guys. Yeah. It's got everything you need to move. <laughs> and he kissed that lady's arm, and people liked that. Yeah. Does he do that in the movie too? I, I bet so. he does. I bet he does. <laughs> a lot of these actors, they'll be smooching people, not their wives, in these movies. That's why you get into the biz, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he and Jessica Chastain are in that show, the remake of the Bergman Scenes from a Marriage. And it's just a marriage breaking up about like lack of passion. And uh-huh. I just I saw the preview and I'm like gonna keep that away from my wife so hard. Like we are not <laughs> watching that together. <laughs> no one needs to get any ideas about <laughs> This marriage. How not passionate your marriage. <laughs> the lack of passion in this marriage is the mortar that holds us together. <laughs> well, think about the energy we'd have to exude to care. I know. Mm, who's got time for that? Break it up is literally is hard to do. It takes a <laughs> lot of fucking energy, everybody. Okay, stay together. That is it. I think that's why said so, in a song. <laughs> I think that's why so many spouses just sit on the couch and say like, "Fuck it, go." Like, you're not going to divorce me, so I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> yeah, do you know what's hard is. Uh, Fooling around, getting out there, prowling, cheating. Oh, yeah. Especially you, in the pandemic. Man, because you got to be in like, you got to be in fooling around shape. Oh, yeah. That, that is commitment in and of itself. Shape. And, <laughs> and stay away from Oscar Isaac because oh, yeah. he will get you to start fooling around. Oh, yeah. Even him. even Annihilation guts or worms yeah. Oscar oh, yeah. Isaac. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. I'll kiss that back in. <laughs> yeah, because he basically comes back as just a total himbo. You know? Just a sex bot. I thought I was a man. You're not, honey. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Keep staring at your water, honey. So, Oscar Isaac moves on. Is that what? It's uh, dog day, right? It's Yeah, look, Three Days in the Condor, I loved you. I watched you. I want to marry you. Um, all I'm doing right now is watching paranoid conspiracy thrillers because uh-huh. of you. Watched the game last night, guys. Oh, it's so Dude. fucking good. Well, that mid-70s has probably 10 all-timers. Yeah, I'm going to watch uh, all the American men, all the president's men. <laughs> all the American men. <laughs> Uh, That's so, the movie about Humpty Dumpty? Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't put him back <laughs> together again. <laughs> Dog Day moves on. Let's, let's, we're talking about actors. We let's are. just keep talking about actors. And you know what? It's not just leads. But this is it, though. We will continue to talk about actors for one more segment, and I do not want to hear them brought up again for the rest <laughs> of the <Okay. laughs> Talk about film. Do not mention actors. Correct. <laughs> Say uh, cinematography every once in a while. How about that? We should switch the way we talk about sex workers with the way we talk about actors. So we should pour nothing but scorn on actors as a society. Pour. While watching a movie. <laughs> they should be ashamed. They should be afraid to appear on the street. And sex workers should be lauded and treated yeah. like... Yeah. Can you take a selfie with me? <laughs> yeah. That's how it should be. They do the most important My job. mom loves you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Best supporting actors. Throw them at us. All right, your first nominee is from Dog Day Afternoon. It's John, the late, great John Cazale. This is Sal. Sal. John Cazale? If he is probably upset with Al Pacino because if Al Pacino doesn't like 
deliver one of the all-time great performances all anyone ever could talk about is what a good performance sal yeah is. talking about and now i'm realizing that a theme of the year is small performance where yeah. it's just oh no he twitched this way yeah he might kill everybody because that's what you see in the world is people not with big displays of yeah. desperation but that quiet desperation right that small agony sweaty and he, yeah <laughs> small sweaty agony there's so much to him like is he a little slow Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is he a good guy? Is it loyal? Is he a criminal? Is he evil? Does he deserve to die? There's so much that he gives us, so many questions he gives us with like 12 lines. Yeah. You know, just standing in the background doing the Twitch or like looking sweaty. For so much of the movie, you think he showed up in like the heist movie, the guy who's going to ruin it. You think he showed yeah. up to kill some people. And I don't think that was his day. Well, it's the. Bald on top, but long. In the oh back. yeah, like, you're the, gonna very crib keeper. That you're riff raff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at one point in the movie, it does seem like he showed up to kill everybody. It seems like he wants to either die or maybe shoot some folks. I think that's what it actually is. Is I, that he and we don't get to know why because seventy five was awesome and it was just like you fucking wonder about yeah. this. But yeah, I think read a he book about the actual event. Idiot is an unhappy man and kind of has a death wish. And when it starts going bad, he's like, oh good. And like maybe this will help me right. actually die. Yeah. And I think for so much of it, he's like, well, if I kill people, the cops will kill me. Yeah. Uh, that, that having marinated for a while, that's what I think his whole goal. Of the that's movie so is. fucking scary. I promise you that once you see the movie and you know, like the machinations and all of the plot, how it happens when you watch it again, uh, you, you can focus on things. You will focus on him the entire time. Yeah. Like yeah. your second or third rewatch of the movie, he will steal your eyes. And he literally like hovers in the background of so many of the shots. Like the Al Pacino's on the phone or doing whatever he's doing. The the bank people are doing whatever they're doing. But yeah, just watching him in the background, be like, oh. And he died young after just a couple of these performances, he's, right? Yeah, I think we talked about this on the show. Yeah. But he's if we keep going in the seventies, we will do all of his movies. Yeah, because oh, wow. it's like Godfather, Godfather Two, The Deer Hunter, and one more. But yeah, like basically five perfect movies and then died. Wow. The dream. Uh, should we just give him the word? <laughs> yeah. There you go, bud. Uh, next nominee is Richard Dreyfus from Jaws. I got to say, I was a little surprised that Richard Dreyfus would ever get a nominee from us. Because it's so you know, mainstream, normcore. He's just a dork. You know, fucking okay, dork. That's what I've, I raked him very high because as I reflected on his performance, I realized the whole time I wanted to shove him. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. Like, yeah. he is always trying to be so annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> even when he's the hero of the movie, you're like, what a fucking dork. Yeah. Like, he never stops being a dork while he's fighting a fucking shark. It's that cockiness of knowledge. Mm. This is why people hate smart people. Yeah. Because yeah. they learn a lot of stuff and then they just fucking coast on it and flip people off. Yeah. He's bringing his, like, Princeton skills to Amity Island and people are like, oh, and he's like, no, I'm going to shove my college dick in your face all of the time <laughs> it's nice to feel seen on screen and it's a lot of intelligent people are nice about it yeah there's a, a, a particular type of person who is smart and then you're trying also, to talk about us right now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> also a super big shithead like the bully from the beginning of first cow yeah he and talking about like so his this is one of our bigger performances but what's quiet is the seething anger that is from when he walks in he seems furious somebody would yeah. deign to ask him to come to this island you know what it is too it's a double whammy of knowledge and uh rich kid uh-huh. yeah like that's that's powerful he, to you wants, just want to punch he wants the respect maybe he's earning maybe as an i also think he's going to the small island and knows he's going to meet guys like roy and quinn and knows he wants this amount of respect and they will not give it so he's like already ready to fight which in a lot of ways is the other two like brody thought that his new york cop would 
just carry him through mm-hmm. the island. And Quint thought that his sea history, he would just get the Jaws job right away. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, a little taken aback by their why people aren't fawning at their feet. Yeah, like, this is a shithole place. How come you're yeah. not just glad that I'm even here? I moved here so you could worship at my feet. <laughs> I've heard people describe the three of us like that on the show. Your next nominee is from The Day of the Locust. It's Burgess Meredith. That's brisk, baby. He, he has so much to do in this movie. So many different facets of his uh, uh, of his character, um, but there is a real like desperation and um, broken downness in him that you realize his performance kind of encapsulates the whole feeling of the movie really like if it's not the violent explosion of homer simpson and the riot it's just the decay the and collapse the inward. Inward. i was yeah. like what there's just dolt running through the movie <laughs> <laughs> it is so weird when they suddenly go like and here is homer simpson and your brain's just like no <laughs> this, this cartoon guy this is another example of <laughs> don't stop or we'll die this yeah. is like i Good band because not only am i poor and i need the money but it's more than that it's i will realize that I'm out of the business, you know, that nobody wants me. You cannot stop entertaining. I mean, this guy's like... If the, all I'm doing is dancing on someone's porch to sell soap to them, at that least counts to me. I'm being beheld while I'm performing. And one of my favorite parts of the movie is when he's introduced and it's all like circus music yeah. in, a, in a way that like nothing else in the movie is where you use musical cues like that. But it's just him going door to door. But the movie wants us to feel like how he feels of like... Look at me. I'm on the road. <laughs> yeah. And instead it it make it's off putting. Yeah. Like the music is off putting and mm. it like you already start feeling the tension. Well circus folk are Yeah. <laughs> that that movie like tur- like boils you. Like, you're like a frog in a pot with that movie. Like you by the time you realize it's getting so hot, you realize it's been doing it to you the whole time <laughs> and you're so tense. Uh I will say this is our first bonus episode of the yeah. year and a uh, movie that's way more fun to discuss than watch. Yeah, dude, it sucks to watch. It, it was like a painful experience. <laughs> we talked about all this acting from Dog Day Afternoon, guys. Chris Sarandon is your next nominee. We have not mentioned Leon at all. Oh, oh Leon. Yeah. yeah, another one of these like kind of like not on screen for much time, but th- from the time Leon appears, you're like, movie, are you going to handle this? <laughs> yeah. Like cuz it, it's it's 1975. Yeah, can we be adults about this? Leon is is tricky. We refer to Leon as he in the episode a lot, mm. and they do in the movie. It's hard to know right. where you should fall on. on. Leon does go on to become a woman, so I'm going to go with she. Uh, she. There's so much dignity and poise, and then on top of that, it's not like the performance is not like, oh, this person's perfect. Yeah. Right? There's still right. a is, lot of dysfunction in there oh, because yeah. Leon's a person. Right? That that minority pedestaling yeah. is a problem that we have today. Definitely didn't happen then. And the way that, and the other amazing thing about Leon's performance, or about how the movie handles Leon, let's say, is the cops will snicker. Yeah. Yes. And they are the assholes. The movie makes and them look like Yeah, the, the movie makes it clear just with like filmic language that yeah. they're the assholes versus, I would assume, 1975 would be like, right? Right? Yeah. You're friends with the cops laughing at this person? And undergirding all of this is, is the performance that brings a real yeah. humanity to it in posture, in voice. And Chris Sarandon, this Fright Night. Uh, Princess Bride. It's wild. I so I only know him from like spoofy movies. Yeah, and just flawless. Like the encapsulates it so well. He gets an opportunity to do a two hander, uh-huh. and I'm not saying that he cheated in getting nominated, but that's the way to get nominated. Is uh, Chris and Al speak on the phone to each other for 
10 minutes of yeah. the movie. Yeah. And it's just, you can just watch that over and over again. Something like that in most movies is like the fast forward time. You know, yeah. and the two of them, everything that they're doing and not doing, like jazz, acting like jazz, it's uh, it's amazing. And yeah, it, the the way you see how complicated and big their relationship is, mm-hmm. and the way that you could never fully fathom it being outside of it, that's like, that's, yeah, a very powerful scene. I think we should do years that Sidney Lumet made movies in. That's how we should pick our seasons from now on. That's a good idea. Your next nominee is Richard Dreyfuss' counterpart. It's Robert Shaw from Jaws. Okay, I'm a little surprised. What? By really? this, just a little bit. Uh, it's a it's a big performance. Uh, he said we don't like this year. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why. You know, because it, he does enter scratching oh, the shot. I hate that. I hate that. Man, I did the motion and you. I cringed. know it caught. Yeah, I think he's so funny and so big. Like he's he's annoying in the same but opposite ways that uh, Richard Dreyfus is. And it's just, you know, we talked a lot on the episode about how Brody is trying to find his place. Mm-hmm. Is it to be an old school dude or a mm-hmm. new school dude? And how he's in the middle of these two. And Robert Shaw does his damnedest to make Brody choose new school. Yeah. You know, he's just such a belligerent piece of shit. What I like is it is a big performance, but it isn't movie big. It is. We've all met these old <laughs> asshole dudes yeah. who want to get drunk given. and tell you their stories. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's another character with the death wish, right? But yeah. he doesn't do it quietly because his it, like he's in too much agony. Yeah, and I think that like, and he's he's so drunk all the time, and, and he's the so world angry. has passed him by. Boomers, yeah. can we take a hit from this? The world has passed you by. It's time to go fight. Go a shark. hunt shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we actually there was too many best supporting actor nominees, so or eligible candidates. So we actually have a bonus six. What? Who is just you know the same as all the other five? It's Max von Sydow from Three Days of the Condor. Hell we, yeah! We, we like a small performance again. Uh the. What's the opposite of a heel turn? French turn? French yeah. Turn. Uh, and Face then, turn, I guess. And just captured it in a way that was believable. That like, so cold, but you want to hang out with him more? How do you do that? Yeah. Did, did this performance give way to like the hitman assassin comedies of the 90s? It has to have. Like, he, just like, it's just a job, man. There's so many movies that I've seen before. Whole well, nine yards. I mean, whole ten yards. I think it probably point blank. It probably did have something to do with that because this is a movie where they introduced the fact that you can separate like serving a greater good mm-hmm. versus serving an organization, right? So the idea would be like, yeah, I'm. It's just my job. It's just what I do. I wonder if with this one in particular, if he's not getting a little bit of a bounce because the character's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is always the danger with any of these, right? But I just wonder if this one specifically is like. That is such a cool idea for a character. It's a right. cool moment when he's like, hey, do you want to ride? But is that Max Sidow doing a, a great mm. job or is it just... I think I think it is. And a lot of it is in the first half of the movie where we're told... Like, we have to believe that he's that scared. Yeah. You know? Like, Redford, he's just this giant looming presence that Redford's always running from. Yeah. And if you don't come in with, like, the coolness of Max von Sidow, then it's not going to work. The guy played chess with death. And I mean, just talk about filmic language, like the way he's cast in the filmic language at the beginning of the movie is so ominous. He's yeah. always across the street looking at them and yeah. then kills a bunch of people, which that's pretty ominous. Yeah, always <laughs> a very ominous turn. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Uh, we ready got as we're going to be. John Cazale, Richard Dreyfus, Burgess Meredith, Chris Sarandon, Robert Shaw, and Ma- Max von Sydow. Your winner is... Richard Dreyfus from Jaws. Wow, congrats. Oh. I love that we are all surprised. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy to me. Every single time we do this, the three of us vote, 
And every single time, we are absolutely shocked how? by the results. Yeah. How? I don't get how voting works. It so. means that we all put him very high yeah. up there. So, And nobody's upset. That's... No. No, 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 we want to make sure that we're not like mad at this, but it's just it's this is Richard Dreyfus has a Moody, yeah. and I never thought I would see the day. Yeah, he'll always hold that over our heads yeah. now, and he's gonna be so smarmy about it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, more battles. Taste buds. One of these movies, I think, helped define all of our childhoods, and the other helped define mental hospital dramas talk about that it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest versus monty python and the holy grail wow just two loony bins here (laughs) all the coconuts (laughs) now this one is challenging in the respect of perhaps one of these has meant a lot to us and the uh, the other one has not Mm -hmm. but is this a competition on any other show probably on ours no <laughs> I, I think it is because i mean one we don't want to just throw away the comedy because it's a comedy right that's not why we're gonna throw it away right uh and two i i do think that stock for one flu has been plummeting for the last 10 20 years right. yeah um you know i think i think that we appreciated it more than i expected after yes. watching it. oh yeah for sure oh shockingly so on a show that nobody heard i apologize for that but oh, oh yeah. yeah you know what i realized like it's so cool we have a lost episode now <laughs> we've really made it we've arrived the lost episode <laughs> i will explain to the audience that um we, we sort of weren't looking forward to it because it was going to feel like uh, sort of iconoclastic yeah we, we thought we were going to be iconoclastic when we came on and there's a lot to not like about the movie oh yeah but it, it's it's pretty inarguably an interesting watch yeah you know yeah it's definitely worth watching it is not i don't it's not a green book shawshank of course old people like it it is weird and gets stuck in your teeth a little and and it probably glorifies bad behavior but not in a way that that it's not aware of Mm -hmm. you know and it it, like Mm -hmm. it's a it's a mess and i think that it intends to be a mess but it's piloted by jack nicholson's performance which is like you can re- you can remember that he's a good actor, right. but to watch this movie and to experience and to dislike him and like him in equal measure, you know. Yeah, I think think, think about the movie since we watched it and did that show. Nobody will hear is because uh, I thought Tyler Durden syndrome for so long, but I feel like the movie is aware of that. Yeah, and wants you to grapple with why do you like the people who are like this? He did say that little red snatch or whatever, the disgusting yes. line when he was talking about a 15 year old, that's one of the first things we meet him. And it's still like, but isn't he cool? And in fight club, we all talked about how the director was like, yeah, he is pretty cool. He forgot his own point. And I don't think one flew forgets that you're also supposed to be disturbed by Jack. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I think that it's supposed, it's supposed to be like, can I show you this guy is bad and lazy and shiftless and a rapist? And then still you kind of, you, you kind of are charmed by him. Yeah. And that, that it's challenging you in that way. I think it also takes heat because it's, it's that old thing of like, it feels cliche, mm-hmm. but it's because you forget that it set up so many of the cliches. It defined yes. them. Yeah. yeah. And so that like you, you have to try and focus on not giving it shit for that. Yeah. I think, uh, Monty Python, however, I I liked a lot more than I thought I was going to, and I think that the energy and the anarchy of it is to not be denied. Like I think it does need to be talked about. It isn't a good film in any classical sense of that <laughs> phrase, right? Like mm-hmm. 
except for nor did it attempt to be right right yeah, it <laughs> set it's the not, bar and it's okay. not really a movie in a lot of ways it is strung together skits but the fact that they went out there and did it and for no money and you can feel that yeah while you're watching it in all of the most exciting ways i think there is something to be said for that. all they had was the magic that's the yeah. only thing that they had going for them and it's kind of cool the idea of a skit show where all the skits are <laughs> based on you know the Ar- arthurian legend this particular watch for this particular season I felt like it was wasting a lot of my time. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I have felt more friendly in the past towards this movie right. than I did watching. Do you think it was because you're older or because you you watch movies differently when you watch them for the podcast? That's what it is. It's because when I'm going to watch a movie for the podcast, I want it to be something we can really talk about and get into. And there are elements of that in, in this movie, but there's also just a lot of like we do have more time than we need. Right. So, and we do have so little money that we have to make the most of, if this skit turned out not to be funny, if the, if the, if the, the like, um, nurses skit uh-huh. turned out not to be funny, they can't not show it. Yeah. You know, they have to keep that. And so I just felt like, you know, you, even you guys don't think this is good, this part. And so you're wasting your time, but also like, why am I watching it? <laughs> and then keep in mind that most people who see the movie are with people. They are talking over those. Right. Yeah. That are, they're I boring. Mean, you're supposed to watch it while you're playing magic, the gathering. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so wow, that is my fifth grade. <laughs> those yeah. two things. So in that, in that respect, a movie that you can just turn away from and it doesn't matter. It, and yeah. it, it, it's aiming to be that. So you do have to grant it that, but not historically a movie that you can turn away from goes on to win these brackets yeah exactly no, we want movies that make us want to watch them <laughs> yeah and like really focus. and you know yeah and we want to feel like when we leave that we have to we've begun our journey with the movie mm-hmm. that we will explore the movie and remember and reflect on it and everything and that there will still be more to do when you are done with monty python and the holy grail there's nothing left to to really chew on you know that's it's- what spam a lot's for <laughs> But yeah, so I this is another one of these slam dunks for me. I mean, the, the, it, it's pretty pretty easy as far as I'm concerned. It's not for me, but really, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think that I I, I guess I I think One Flew is less of a great movie. Yes, and Monty Python has stuff that I appreciate so much. I'm saying this I, is the closest battle. I think. That yeah, I do think that. I know who's gonna win. But have you guys seen The Green Knight? No, no, not yet. Okay, because my question for you, I have seen The Green Knight. My question for you would be, what's better, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, or The Green Knight? Because the one thing I really did like about the Monty Python movie was its vibes, like its Arthurian vibes, mm-hmm. were legit. <laughs> like it was based in people really loving the legend right. and presenting you the way the legend feels on the screen, like the same way it kind of felt on the page and everything. And that's a, that's a pretty big accomplishment, like to, to get that vibe right. And right. I think in some ways, it was more exciting in that way than Green Knight was. Interesting. Like Which the Green Knight is too much uh, the clothes of the Arthurian legend, but not the spirit? It's a it's a weird, unfocused movie. It I think it definitely, it also has the, the spirit mm-hmm. of, of the legend, but just uh, has other problems that interfere with it. All right. It is time to vote, Greg. Uh, what are my choices again? <laughs> yeah. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. And yeah. Flew one flew for me. I will do one flew as well. One flew flies on over we're gonna take a quick break when we come back more awards taste buds it is time for our final award of the evening because this is again part one of a two-part series on screen duo greg what does that mean 
to you. Oh, God. I'm so glad because we haven't explained what any of the awards mean yet. <laughs> yeah. This is the first one we have to, What right? is best supporting actress? On-screen duo is there will be two people in a movie and their characters and the, the actors that portray them just have like a vibe and an energy together. And it's like, it's more than the sum of their parts, right? They've got a yes. synergy and you love them as a duo. Duo yeah. from the Latin root Duolingo. Because they're speaking language to each other. Mm, in almost good. every nominee, I bet they are speaking language to each other. That's true, except in silent films. Where but, they're just going, opening their flappy mouths. <laughs> Why were mouths so flappy? They're all fucking King Hippo back then. Ryan. Yes. The nominees, please. Your first nominee is Sonny and Leon and that 10-minute phone conversation from Dog Day Afternoon. The aforementioned uh, should slow the movie down, but just like Sonic the Hedgehog speed booster. The one thing I'll say about this is great performances two amazing actors but sometimes duo also has like this a fun energy to it yeah you know and like a a fun interplay by the time sonny and leon are done talking you're like oh i'm glad they're not together oh this is an unhealthy relationship (laughs) i thought he was robbing a bank for good the guy that got out of prison now is robbing a bank with with a serial he's abusive (laughs) man what's going on here but not obvious in that way either no it's a complicated thing yeah, and that's what makes it so, like, you believe simultaneously that they both are in love and both are wondering if bad it's a good thing other, or a right? bad... For, yeah, and they, they both are showing it in every little way. In the middle of this, cops are listening, high, yeah. like, high intense... It's not even what it, anything is about, uh-huh. really. Yeah. <laughs> Your next one is also Al Pacino, but this time with John Cazale. Wow, the Al Pacino Award. They are almost like a couple themselves mm-hmm. i mean you know that when i i knew broadly what this movie was about and i thought they were actually involved with each other yeah the first time i watched it because they have that energy they kind of like provide something that the other one doesn't mm-hmm. um and again really very powerful performances but not super fun no well this movie i think yeah is, i wouldn't call it dog day the funnest of movies but yeah the way they their interplay where al pacino will be like yelling at the secretaries and just check in with sal be like are you okay yeah like it is uh i get why the third guy left in the beginning he was never gonna hop in their double dutch of friendship i I do have to push back about one thing you said though because there is an odd amount of fun in dog day they form their own weird little sort of like paradise where they're all chilling and hanging out and everyone's sweating through their clothes at one point sunny is training the bank tellers how to use a gun yeah yeah and he's like oh gotta keep these bullets whole (laughs) (laughs) almost gave me the bullets when there's no expectations (laughs) like there's no responsibility suddenly everything is fun it's like camp (laughs) it's like a sleepover or something if sunny and sal win and god willing all of these nominees win (laughs) um it comes down to one moment i'm sure we talked about on the show but sunny's trying to keep sal calm Mm -hmm. and he's like no just think about it we can have all this money and we're gonna be able to go to any country what country do you want to go to and John Cazale improvises like Wyoming, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's Al Pacino's real reaction of like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and he just and then Al Pacino keeps calling it Wyoming. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's go to Wyoming. <laughs> they have the best hoo-ahs. Your next nominee is I think we all saw this coming based on our conversations. It's Harry and Paula from Night Moves. Yeah, oh, yeah. the chemistry, the, the chemistry. night moves. The physics, the biology. All they the have sciences. so much chemistry that Gene Hackman's character does something that almost no other character in 1975 does but she says i'm not attractive to this attracted to this underage girl <laughs> whoa, whoa that's you know that's you like a that lot old chick. of energy but they they they're so funny with each other yeah. and it's not just it's not just that they tell jokes it's that together they craft 
bits, right? And then and then perform them very very well, which is rare to show well in, in a, a movie. movie. Yeah, and they they it feels natural. And something both that of happens them, between us and our wives all the all time, the but you time. don't see it in movies. Basically much. nonstop, uh, unless our home videos. <laughs> we, it's gross. We don't have sex tapes. We just have bit tapes. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so much grosser. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Uh, what's this? I guess I'll put it on. It's uh-huh. just me and the wife doing this two-person show. <laughs> Can you imagine how awkward it would be if that was in your VCR and we started watching it? Yeah, I would rather have the sex tape. I would never have anything recorded of me and my wife doing bits. No, and certainly <laughs> wouldn't say that. Like this is bits. not the time for plugs. <laughs> um, I think such a big part of the relationship too is that. They are both tired of being judged against mm-hmm. their gender roles. You know, she was a whore, and that that is such a label forever for women. Yeah. And he doesn't at all. And his, there's like, a part where she says she's been a lot of things, though. She's like, I've been a bitch, <laughs> I've been a lover, I've been a child. Well, we all were. I've been a mother. And Gene Hackman just pulls that guitar out. Excuse me, Ryan. I've been a saint. <laughs> I've been a saint. Does she feel ashamed? She, but she doesn't feel ashamed, and that's that. That sells it to the viewer. Yeah. And I'm just gonna move on from Greg's <laughs> Tinder profile that he's reciting. Uh, he is judged a lot, or thinks he is at least, because he is not as du- like doing all the masculine things that he's right. supposed to be doing. He's not the big football because he doesn't play football anymore. Bro, it's you're still, 60. You can't. It's still <laughs> crazy to me what what a minor plot point it was that this dude was a professional football player. Yeah. He's just like, okay, yeah. I was on the Rams. Obviously, I was on the Rams. Can we just... But I'm doing night moves now. <laughs> and it's good to see that eventually, after he'd made his night moves, he did coach football, coached Keanu Reeves and the rest of the replacements. I was, I'm proud of him. They even let them put super glue on their hands yeah. for it. <laughs> I remember that movie. And sang, did a choreographed dance in a jail. What a wonderful movie. So much Should to we? offer. Go watch that. Right what now? year was that? Ninety-eight. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, it's too close to ninety-nine. We can't. Your next nominee is Bets in the Bathroom from Shivers. This this is an on-screen duo, Mike. Why don't you explain this? Bets in the bathroom in the silver spoon. <laughs> uh, she's you know taking a bath, and then the worm, uh, a la Freddy Krueger, snakes its way into the tub and starts worming its way. I'm going to say visually suggestive. Of a penis yeah. going towards between her legs. Or like a, yeah. a big sperm. A big old... Yeah, you know how sperms well. just go right in. <laughs> and uh, it and starts she enjoys to... it, right? Until she knows what's up? Yeah, she's just like, this daydream is pretty powerful. And then she's like, wait, that's a worm making me feel good? Shiver. Hang on. Something's touching my genitals and it's not just in my imagination? You... Cronenberg understands what it's like to be a woman, is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is, I think, a classic case of it's an honor to be nominated. Yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. imagine that this going. <laughs> Good all the for way. them. Do you think they're going to show up together? Yeah, <laughs> they, they. They. I mean, they had a falling out, but that was so long ago that they've actually. Well, made she stood up. up. They're going to That's reunion tour. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> uh, your next nominee is. Uh, we have not mentioned this movie at all so far. It's Harry and Tanaka from the Yakuza. Oh yeah. This Couple what, of bros. This is what male friendship is about. Bro it's code and full of Stoically simmering, not knowing if you could trust each other. <laughs> Hanging out, self-harming to show each other that you have feelings without having to like be too weird about it. Honor. <laughs> Just the two of them sitting in a bar screaming that at each other. <laughs> but it, it, it does... It forms the center of the movie, right? Mm. Like, we don't know that that's the most important thing going on in the movie until right at the very end. And then you realize, like, this relationship is what sort of everything has been yeah. about. And now they're showing each other, like, what they really mean to one another. And even outside of the movie, their whole lives for the last 30 years yeah. have been defined by their 
thoughts and respect and feelings for each other not the woman they both love not yeah. like their jobs like it's it's only they both have lived because of that guy that's wild and it's a weird case for 75 of trying to be more like the other one but not a bunch of guilt and shame around it uh-huh. yeah. like a lot of these other movies show like i'm lesser than and i feel bad and so i have to like try to be more manly in this way or this other way and they're like love your style bro <laughs> At the end, when they sing Yukuza, Mikuza, Uskuza, like. We all. Kuza? It was a good moment. Did Any they, more noms? Did they get attacked? They got attacked in like a spa, right? Yeah. Together. Yeah. Yeah, they were suddenly just like, we need to Oh, no, that was, that, wasn't, that, but that, oh, that was, was him and the country boy. That was him and oh, the kid. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Your final nominee is Harry and Tanaka from the Yakuza. That is all. So we have Sonny and Leon, Sonny and Sal, Harry and Paula, Bets in the Bathroom, and Harry and Tanaka. Let's go, Shivers. I'm going to laugh so hard. No matter what this piece of paper says. I'm just going to laugh. It's going to feel good. <laughs> it's not bets in the bathroom. It is Harry and Paula from Night Moves, which yeah. makes total sense if you've listened to us at all. Not a surprise. Good for them. I'm pissed if it is a surprise or if it's not a surprise. Yeah, yeah either way. We're fur- Thread furious. the needle. Be perfectly. All right. Let's move right into our final battle of the evening. Mirror versus Barry Lyndon. And finally, I don't know what way this will go. Wow. These are our artsy-fartsy movies. Yeah. But also, what a crazy matchup. Because if they were going up against any other movie, we'd be like, but let's talk about the 75 of it all. Right. Man, what a stalemate on that one. They both were like, fuck you and your 75 and stipulations. Th- so I guess I think it's a hard draw for, for Barry Lyndon. Uh, interesting movie. Really enjoyed it. Thought about it a lot. It's super long, but I, I've watched it multiple times. The cinematography is... I feel like... It's for someone who is as dumb as me because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that looks like paintings, and then that turned out to be the point of the movie, and so I got to feel like, oh, yeah. I get it's, it. Is it just small. Pageant of the Masters, the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they <laughs> called it originally. But I do think there's m- maybe layers upon layers more. To I mirror. I watched Mirror twice. It was awful to do. I uh, I got the Criterion disc and I watched hours of special features. What's the blooper reel like? <laughs> <laughs> they had fun. It's still a baffling movie to me, but in all the best ways. It's impossible yeah. to recommend. If it goes all the way, no one we're never going to be able to tell people what 175. Yeah, what it, you'll see in their eyes, oh, I'm never listening to your show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so you don't take yourself seriously. <laughs> uh, you know, Barry Lyndon, it left us with things to think about, and we did, and we reflected on them, and, and I love the way they staged the duels mm-hmm. in that movie because they take so long. Like, the movie, it's not just that it's like three and a half hours or whatever. It takes its time with things and that's why it's so yeah long. that's how you get to the end <laughs> yeah but you're done you watch mirror one time and you're like what the hell and then you watch it a second time and you don't you you understand now what you've seen mm-hmm. but you've just barely started the process of like coming to terms with it it goes from what the hell to what the hell yeah <laughs> i think that barry linden becomes like pop art like barely yeah. becomes mainstream after watching mirror mm. and i think the part with mirror is you have to ask yourself just like let's just pretend like you're by yourself nobody's listening you're not recording this is it purposefully confusing is it right. annoyingly confusing well it's purposely confusing. purposefully yeah you go <laughs> but i i don't think that and i think maybe the first time it's annoying but then it's Ultimately, it's satisfying when you watch it one additional time and then you, you get it so much mm-hmm. more. You, it, It's like you and the movie have bonded. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it, it shows memory 
uh, better than any other film I've seen. This is the yeah. thing, is that when movies try to show, or just even work as a theme with memory or dreams mm-hmm. or the past, being haunted by the past, the, the, the tricks and tropes that they use don't make you... They, the filmic language makes us know as viewers that this is the past, but it's not the movie actually dealing with right. memory. Like yeah. what it is actually like to have memories. Right. In order to deal with what it's like to actually have dreams and memories, you have to be like this movie. You have to be almost yeah. a video essay. What, what seems like a bunch of clips, like unrelated clips together, because that is how memory works. We're not this person. This main character could watch this movie and be like, oh, I get all of this because I lived through it. We're not the main character. And that's incredibly challenging. But you want to talk about movies setting their own bar. Has any movie ever cleared it more than this one? Of like, I'm trying to do this thing. I'm trying to represent what what memory is and how it affects you. It's this movie. It fucking did it. Yeah, like I'll tackle the impossible thing. You know, and that's what makes the movie so confounding at first and then satisfying in the end. And Barry Lyndon, it's it's almost like an exhibition of skill, mm-hmm. whereas Mirror is like an exhibition of meaning. You know, uh, there, there's there's I wish I could give points. There's almost something <laughs> like, in a way, cold about Barry Lyndon mm-hmm. because it is so technically precise, and because it is married more than anything else to an aesthetic. Right, Mirror. The only thing it's really married married to is can we display life really can we with reality mm-hmm. show what it's like to like the interiority of life you know to be on the inside of the human experience and that's just that's a warmer more human for sure bar that's the danger of kubrick is he always will feel kind of antiseptic and cold. yeah and so i think barry linden might be the too far into that and imagine we're saying that that it's antiseptic and it's a story about like family strife and and fucking around Mm -hmm. and fighting in wars and being in the filth and yet it still kind of comes out where there's a little bit of distance between the experience and the viewer i think that the issue with mirror not necessarily mine or our issue but the issue in general is that this i mean this podcast is called movie of the year yeah it's not even called film of the year like that would have been so much better foodie but what do people go to movies for? And 99% of people, what they need in movies is, you know, 99% of not what Mirror is, you know, like, it's just, it doesn't deliver what you need in movies in almost any way for the vast majority of people. Mm -hmm. But there is this small sliver of people that it's, it's their everything. Right. I mean, does Barry Lyndon deliver? It's three and a half hours. I think that, (laughs) I do think that there's so much, there's so many, there's an orgy in it. There is an orgy. Let's never forget the coldest orgy you'll ever see. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, hard nips abound. <laughs> there's a straight narrative, mm, like that's right true, there. That's true. You're giving me what I or what the general public wants from movies. You know, is that there's a narrative that I can follow, and there's war scenes, there's explosions. You know, like, in between scenes, if it's going to be confusing because there's a jump in time, someone yeah. comes in and is like, "Okay, here's what's happening. <laughs> We're going a little bit into the future." Star Wars now. crawl. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, it is time to vote. And just to let you know, every battle will feel this hard from here on out. Yeah. Ryan. I'm, I I have to go with me. It's just, it's, you know, like the way I look at movies will never be the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not quite a slam dunk for me because I don't want to stunt on Barry Lyndon that way. And like maybe some of the tenor of what we said was ne- was a little negative yeah, towards but you're not, Barry Nobody Lyndon. can accuse you of stunting. But I was definitely not stunting. But He's stunting on me, stunting on Barry Lyndon yeah, right now. But it's definitely mirror. Like, yeah. no, no question. I concur. So your final four going into next week's episode 
or Jaws, Dog Day Afternoon, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and more. Until then, keep watching those movies over and over again.